Welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. This is episode 177, and tonight we got two feature reviews for you. We're talking Saltburn, as well as The Holdovers. So, gonna be a huge episode. Hope you're ready. Buckle in. Jacob. Yeah. Oh, it's just going so well since the last time we recorded. It's that sarcasm I I mean, I've had a couple of days off, so it's been great. Okay, so not being sarcastic. No. (laughs) Always love a good day off. Yeah. uh, yeah. If you ain't living for the weekend, then you ain't living. Although you're, you don't really have a weekend, so. Yeah, it's just random days. <laughs> All right, good to hear. Anything new that we need to cover? Mm, not really. Not... It's only been a few days. Yeah, <laughs> it hasn't been too long. Trying to get back on schedule for everybody that's wondering. We are pumping out content, but we're working to a point where we uh, the movie comes out over the weekend. We review it, you know, early that weekend or early in the week and then it's out to listen to instead of the movie being out for a week and a half and then we finally get around to reviewing it so hey we're trying to keep it up what did we pump out like thirty-three thousand minutes of content last oh, this God. year so far or something I mean, yeah i don't know actually i, I think it, it was posted it. i don't remember what it was but it was a lot there you go and that's not so, even counting the premiums that's true that is which are longer than sure. a lot longer than the regular Speaking show. Of premiums. Have you listened to our William Friedkin premium? I sure have. <laughs> well, yeah. So everyone should, and for a minimum donation of one dollar. That's right. How is or the Patreon going, by the way? Because I've tried to like access that, and I still <laughs> cannot find it. So when talking about the Patreon, like I wouldn't search for it. I would use the links that we provide in any episode all of our episodes have the links to the patreon because i know that searching for it like that function yeah like why is it so bad of searching for it i don't know why i wonder if you have to like be a member for so long or provide so much content or something before like it actually gives you search results i don't know how it works but anyway the point is if you just if you go like the link should be the same like hold on let me let me just test it out here (laughs) Yeah, it's just patreon.com slash suds and cinema written out or all of the all of our links that are where our normal socials are. We also have started including the Patreon in there. So right now we're not getting you're not getting much besides monthly premiums on that. But that's only for a dollar a month now. If we can actually commit to providing some juicier content, then we can talk about another tier. Oh yeah. Suds so, and but here we go. Suds and buds. We got. Um, oh wait, what was the bat? What was you? You in the bat? That was also suds, but like yeah, soap suds. suds this time. Yeah, soap suds. Suds Maybe and we can only Jacob fans. To jerk off in a tub. Um, might happen. Someone might want to drink. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is this is high quality content we're talking about here. So we'll have to discuss a price point for that. But when that drops, hold on. Priceless is the price point. Yeah, be ready. Be ready. Okay. Uh, nothing else for me. I already plugged the Patreon, so we're doing good. Um, I guess we could get into this beer here. I mean, it's a we're doing a stout, and it's a sixteen ouncer. So, oh yeah. Well, I know Jacob won't have any trouble finishing it, but I yeah, it'll be done in a second. I want to start warming this bad boy up soon. Um, yeah, so our featured beer this time around is Slay's Stout with vanilla, maple, and pecans. And uh, Jacob, I, I loved where your head went right away on this. <laughs> I, I was on a completely different wavelength, so I want you to explain the tie-in first, and then I will explain the t- well, my tie-in after. One is a little bit spoiler, so I won't get like too in-depth, but like Slay will come into the picture. But then also like Slay... You know, like 
No, I don't know. Explain. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know, this movie has a very fluid sexuality about it. And w- when you are fluid in that sexuality, sometimes you just slay, you know? And this stout slays. So perfect tie-in. Right. <laughs> All right. I love it. See, my head uh, went to <laughs> just the font, and I know this is a podcast, not a visual medium, but we will provide pictures. And if you follow us on Untapped, you can find it yourself. The font is uh, very retro. I would call it maybe a '70s style font. And what? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> 1970, the holdovers. Nailed it. Killed it. <laughs> so we got multiple. It. We got multiple times. I mean, I love yours as well. All right, back to the beer. Slays Stout from Crowns and Hops. Never heard of these jabronis before. I know, it's kind of nice. A brand new one here. They are based out of Inglewood, California. Uh, This is actually potentially a new one also. A contract brewery. Hmm. So, not regional, not macro, not micro, not nano brewery, but a contract brewery. Might have to put you on the Google for that one while I'm look reading this. Yeah, what a contract brewery. Okay. Um, only 151 ratings or, or check-ins, I should say. 3.77. Now, this is a, coming in at 6% ABV. And this is one of my problems with our Craft Beer Kings delivery box method so far. I don't think we're ever going to get like those premium top-tier beers. And that's why we do the uh, we do the care package exchanges between us to get mm-hmm. those beers. But like, I don't ever think we're gonna get like a twelve percent like barrel aged stout from Craft Beer Kings, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, one of the these you know middling ABV stouts. That's probably why it's lower rated. But uh, I'll get into the details here. It's uh, brewed with vanilla, maple, and toasted pecans. This seasonal stout offers additional notes of coffee and cocoa with a mild smoke finish. Much like the culture of hip-hop, e believe, e, <laughs> I think that's a typo. We believe this stout has complexity and unique characteristics that make it stand out while also aligning with the dopest community on the planet. So, yeah. It says and it's an American stout. I oh, do have a definition, contract brewing. Okay. So contract brewing is an arrangement where a company brews and packages beers on equipment that doesn't they do not own. Oh, so okay. we had a similar thing before. Yeah, I forgot what beer that was, but hmm, yeah, it's just they don't own the equipment, but they brew it. Okay, yeah. Well, cool. Uh, I gotta so say the very small and adjuncts. It sounds like it's gonna be delicious and amazing but you never know with that abv what kind of punch it's gonna pack so only one way to find out you ready yep all right let's crack her open oh (laughs) that one was a little foamy (laughs) Must have shaken yours vigorously before opening mine. But nice and easy. Pouring beautifully. Minimal head. Mm, It smells good. It does smell good. You can smell it all over my cheeks. (laughs) All right, let's see how we taste, though. Pretty much what I expected, but I will say for the ABV, pretty solid. I do think it's really good. Yeah, it's like a way better, like a better vanilla Java porter. It kind of reminds me of like the Porter Founders Porter a bit, which mm. I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it. There's yeah, there Founders Porter is pretty like rich and smoky, and that's, um, I mean, definitely getting the chocolate on it i don't know about maple that's what i'm trying to find here vanilla and maple it mostly it, honestly it tastes like a porter like a standard really good porter i'm not getting like a lot of complex 
extra yeah, I'm getting the, there. I'm getting the bittery coffee and cocoa and that smoky finish, which yeah, is more reminiscent of a porter. But what I mean, it's a stout. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's, it's good. good. It is good. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, not too much else to say. What would you What would you rate it after a couple sips? Or do you Are you gonna hold off? It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know when the last time I had just a straight up regular port stout. I mean, <laughs> this does remind me of a porter. It's, <laughs> it's like it's not as like sweet as like some stouts, but yeah. Well, right, uh, right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, at three seven five. Yeah. I think that's pretty much where I'm at. Three, seven, five, maybe a four. I don't know. Creep up there. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, there's no off flavors. It's smooth. Mm-hmm. has the roasty, chocolatey vanilla notes you want. Like, there's not much. There's nothing really bad to say about it. It's just these have, like, a upper tier, like, limit, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. After... Well, I've had four drinks now. It does kind of have diminishing returns. Like if you were to drink this straight through and like not kind of cleanse your palate or give it a chance to refresh or whatever, like I'm getting less and less flavor every drink I take. Yeah, it really coats the tongue, doesn't it? It's like leaves a bitter note on your tongue that kind of covers the other flavors the more you drink. Yeah, so like if you drink this too fast, you know, I feel like it, yeah, it's not going to be as enjoyable. Um, but I do kind of want to let it warm up and, you know, more of a sipper and we'll see if we'll see what the rating moves to, if it moves at all. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go three, seven, five for now and we'll see. Yeah. All right. That is Slay's Stout from Crowns and Hops. Check it out. All right. Ready to move on to our featured reviews? Let's do it. All right, so we're starting with Saltburn. Uh, Saltburn is written and directed by Emerald Fennel. It stars Barry Keoghan, Jacob Alordi, Archie Mad- uh, Madicue? Madicue, and uh, um, let's see. Uh, it doesn't matter. All right. Uh, <laughs> I was going to try to get the other sister's name. I don't know who this, who is, say, who is Annabelle in the movie. Like a random friend. Anyway, Annabelle? yeah, I don't remember. That's fourth. That's like number four on IMDb. Sometimes I hate how they do their cast. Um, okay, plot synopsis reads: A student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. What did you think of Saltburn? So I quite liked Saltburn. I will say that it was a little predictable for the mystery, but I absolutely loved how this felt like a, we ain't that like, um, <laughs> yeah, it felt so good. Like a Barry, what's his name? Keegan. What'd you say? Yeah. Uh, Keoghan. Well, I don't know. Yeah, Keegan. I, uh, I feel like it's probably changes Keegan. every day. I don't know, <laughs> but you like, it's felt- Keegan, but there's an O in there. So, I don't know. Yeah, but he's probably like Irish or something. He is Irish. Sure. Yeah, so it probably like Shersha doesn't. It looks like shower, sure, sure, Irish, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So okay. I'm gonna say Barry Keegan. Anyway, him playing basically reprising his role as the weird kid from Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Why not? Mm-hmm. And. That gave, I mean, honestly, like he, I thought he killed it. I, I don't think anyone was really bad in this. It, it was nice seeing the Gran Turismo guy back already. Well, I haven't seen that movie yet. And it was so weird <laughs> seeing him. I, I don't know. It's just hard for me now to like, it would be hard for me to take Gran Turismo seriously because of his role in this movie. <laughs> so I don't know what that says, but yeah, it was interesting. But yeah, I thought everyone did pretty well. It felt it just had this weird vibe throughout the movie, which I really liked quite a bit. I do think in the end it's a little bit more simple than I would have hoped for. I guess I it just tied up a, a little bit too nicely and like kind of glossed over like how the ending it was just like 
yeah, but you know, if you think about it for even a second, like this would not work at all. So you like, figure it out. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. So like that, I just liked more of the mysterious, weird feel, kind of like, you know, I wanted, I wanted it to be like a Yorgos movie where it's just like, mm. it, I don't know if it's because him or because it also had kind of this weird, like dark humor vibe, deadpan style in parts. That was just like, oh, maybe this is trying to go for that. But then, yeah, it just was too neatly tied up in the end. And just, yeah, it kind of fell apart for me. But I really did like how it looked quite a bit. I don't know if everything worked, but there was a lot of scenes that I was just like, yeah, this looks pretty damn good. And I don't know who was the cinematographer. Linus, Linus. Sandgren. Um La La Land, uh, Babylon. Babylon. Okay, I guess it makes sense. Worked okay. with Jamie and Chazelle. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because it looked really good. There was mm-hmm. a lot of scenes that looked really good, like just different and interesting, and that's always a plus for me. Like it was, it was dark, <laughs> like literally and like figuratively, I guess. But like literally, it was pretty dark, and I don't know if it was just the lamp on my projector but it was pretty hard to see sometimes <laughs> that but... <laughs> could have been a you thing i didn't think it was i didn't have a problem seeing in my theater okay then the yeah it might have been talk about i thought was dark <laughs> I was like, and i would <laughs> and then that would i didn't have a problem with i guess <laughs> that's okay that's weird <laughs> but yeah this one i mean like I, I could see everything that mattered but like it was just i don't know a little this would look so much better on like a OLED screen where mm-hmm. like, cause the blacks were just so washed out on a projector that it just didn't look nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just looked like washed out and a little faded darkness that was made things a little less crisp than I would have. Like I could see where the intention, but it just didn't look as good as it could have if it was like true blacks or something, or at least deeper than what I was seeing on my projector. Mm. But, yeah, that's too bad because there's some some of the night uh, shots are pretty good. Pretty, yeah, pretty good. a lot of great reflection shots, which you know you've seen oh, those yeah. a million times, <laughs> but like they were good. Like these ones yeah, are really good. Form. Like yeah. <laughs> Who cares if they are like vapid or like overused? They they still look cool. Yeah, they're very well done in my opinion. And yeah, it, other like, yeah, it looked great, but it just like and like performances were good, but it just fell apart a bit in the story. Mm-hmm. And especially like the start, like Oxford and everything, really didn't matter at all. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it I mean, was like kind of a long, yeah, a lot yeah, of time. A lot of the time there for exactly, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't not even. I mean, it's literally called Saltburn, so it's like it wasn't the focus at all. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it was very pretty, very interesting and in performance wise, and just the eeriness of it. But overall, like story wise, not that impressive, but more technically impressive, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, that was my, uh, my general thoughts I already gave to you vapid, but looks cool. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think <clears throat> this is the nicest, this is going to be the most positive review of Saltburn I ever give because this movie walking out of it, I did think it was watchable and I did enjoy my time with it. The more I thought about it and the more I tried to put things together, the less I liked it. And I think this movie would drop drastically on a rewatch. <laughs> I think the same thing would probably happen with Promising Young Woman. I don't think Emerald I Fennel loved Promising. That great <laughs> of a writer. I know. Has anybody rewatched that since? No, because okay. I know I wouldn't like it as much. It's yeah. probably exactly. Maybe I've matured a bit because I feel like if I would have watched this with how I feel now, I right. probably would have thought the <laughs> same thing about it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I think Promising a Woman is probably a better movie, and it it does have you know more to say i really don't think this movie has anything to say it's trying to say things but failing and yeah i don't think it's it's as clever as it thinks it is um 
and we can get into like plot stuff and motivations and all that stuff in a spoiler discussion. But aside from all of that, like I said, I walked out of it like, yeah, there was, well, Jacob, you know, the ending. <laughs> like, Oh, you know, I know I you loved it, the I, dong. I, I, not even the dong. <laughs> just If he was wearing boxers, I would have felt the same way. I had this stupid grin on my face for the entire yeah, last scene. I did like, too. I <laughs> which I do want to say, like walking into this, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of like single women just like walking into this. That's kind of, I'm like, oh, this is like such a book talk like type movie. Yes, <laughs> like, dude, I literally, Alyssa wanted to see this with me because of TikTok. Like it's been really so hard on the algorithm. I, I knew it. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I was the only guy in the entire theater and i'm like they definitely think i'm gay because i'm like literally it was just i saw like a couple groups of girls come in and then like two girls just walked in by themselves i'm like i'm literally the only guy in this theater like what is this because i didn't even like look up this movie at all i was just like hey we're gonna watch it (laughs) let's check it out yeah um but yeah, so I, there was there was parts of it that I really liked. I do think it looks really good. I did enjoy most of the performances. Um, there is some you know good lines and funny bits and stuff, but yeah, it doesn't really come together in anything meaningful. If this was, and, and that's the problem is it's I think it's trying to be meaningful and trying to say something. If this was like just a straight up genre movie, I still might have problems with some of the motivations and the plot. Doesn't really make sense if you think about it. Um, Not at all. But I can forgive more of that stuff in like a straight up genre movie. Whereas this, it feels like it's trying to do more. But yeah, I do. I I mean, I do feel that. It's just not like, I don't know. It's the, the, like, I didn't even know it was trying to like really say anything. Because I I don't get it, what it's trying to say then at all. Well, we, we can, I mean, we can talk about the the themes of it like what yeah i don't know if anything what would a a reading be from you i mean if i'm trying to think of it at all i'm guessing it's like kind of a takedown on like the rich you know mm-hmm. they're so blind and i mean they literally act pretty stupid especially i'm gonna wear my armor and stuff like that yeah the dad mm-hmm. it's just like they're so blind and unaware of those under them that they wouldn't know like if there was danger if it shot them in the foot you know like okay exactly i mean i think that's yeah we're we're on the same page that's the most obvious one it's it's right there for you but most of these takes like um, we live in a time where a lot of you know people are making these stories about taking down the rich eat the rich whatever but don't you find it weird that you feel more sympathy and empathy for exactly. the exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, am I supposed to like feel sympathy for him? He's he was like a fucking like compulsive liar. <laughs> like right, yeah. He lied. And, his and, like, family was... seemed great. Like they were like, and if he's supposed to be like lower middle, like we're supposed to believe he's this poor struggling. Like if that was his real story, but when you see that like he's a middle class, like well, like his family's doing well, like. I don't know. It like killed any kind of sympathy you could feel or get on his side, I guess, of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there is a there is I've read one like explanation as to, you know, why it still kind of works like the class system, especially in the UK, is like so divided, which. I don't know. I th- would say the same thing about America. Yeah, I, feel, but I whatever. feel like we're got to be one of the worst, <laughs> if yeah, not the but, worst. But the the thing with that they specifically point out is that it's very old money. And I don't know if like the paintings and stuff was like, was that a nod that like they literally go back to the lineage of like Henry That's what VIII. I assumed, yeah. Okay, so like you could assume that like that's how old their money is, right? Like I mean, they're it's literally just, in like a it's castle. Not people, yeah, it's not people just <laughs> yeah. starting space programs and and webs, you know, online sales. It's people that just have generational wealth for hundreds of years. And they even talked usually, about how he had a title and money, like title, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. And that they usually 
invest it or put it into like this land and property and that it becomes priceless to some degree. Like how like even how those bowls and the things that they were talking about would be like worth so much money that he would risk this uh Farley or whatever the guy's name would would, would risk his place in the family like to get the money from just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like that's how crazy like the wealth and and uh material that they gather is. So what they're saying is that like even even being in the middle in the upper middle class or whatever where he was, he would still be working his whole life to maintain his wealth or to maintain status. Whereas like if he were to acquire something like Saltburn, that's it. Like you're done. You've made it. Yeah, that, I guess that is harder to understand because I'm like man, I can't imagine the property tax on this. Like, even if he got this, like, how would he, like, afford to even keep it his for a year? Like, electricity alone. Yeah. I mean, there's, again, yeah, that's, like, one reading that kind of made sense. And I was like, okay, I could see that. Like, there is a bit of, like, cultural divide. So maybe I'm missing some there. I'll give it a little bit of credit. But, yeah, again, if you think about the plot and other things for more than five minutes it still falls apart like well it was his whole plan like the entire time to to kill the family to and find to get into oxford right? and then f- with a scholarship find a rich person murder their entire family and somehow sneak their way into getting their land right and like how does he know that he that he owns this property like it go it does the flashbacks of like him flattening his tire and you know befriending him and all this stuff like was that to gain it doesn't really it kind of makes it seem like the end makes it seem like this was his plan the whole time whereas like it should have port conveyed more that like he just wanted to gain friends or like gain power or status or whatever and then it snowballed into him wanting the mansion but in the end it seems like he just his plan the whole time was to get saltburn yeah honestly yeah, because, I mean, they even kind of seemed like, oh, he just wears, like, cheap clothes. He's on scout. Like, it's trying to, like, say something there, but then and he seems, like, hurt by it. But, like, what the fuck? Like, like <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> if, like, why would he even care, if, really, at all? Or why would they even show him, like, walking in a bar looking sad and stuff at him? If, like, his literal plan, the whole like, if he's so smart and so well thought out and had this so well planned to the nail in the tire that like like he wouldn't be hurt by that all so yeah which is why again it's it's just a poorly constructed and like screenplay and everything because because i think the point is that he you know wants like he does obviously there's some he has some feelings towards yeah whatever you know platonic or sexual or whatever he has some feelings towards him. Like he, <laughs> he does a very gratuitous act when nobody else is looking or around. Yeah. But... That's also what makes it kind of confusing though. It's like, if he <laughs> cared that much about him specifically, was that, was his real plan the entire time to do this? Or was it just like, after, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. But did exactly. he, it, they made it seem know. like he did it because he was hurt almost. Mm-hmm. by him like if he never heard him if he never went to meet his parents would he have done this apparently yes based on the plan it showed at the end in the flashbacks but mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense then why he was hurt at all about any of it or why i don't know it just that didn't make any sense yeah i like the end i think really just destroys a lot like a rewrite couple of rewrites of this there could be something really good, but I, yeah, I just think where it ends and the speed too at which it go like from the death of like his party and like the death of Felix to like the very, very end of the movie is like a, they got to get through a Great. lot. And, yeah. I'm like, compared to the beginning to there. Yeah, exactly. I thought that stuff was rushed. I honestly thought it was just going to almost end after that. I was just going to leave it off like ambiguous about like, or like find a way to be ambiguous. Like, I don't know, like a Yorgos flaps stuck in the trunk type thing. Like you don't Mm -hmm. need to show me exactly 
you don't need to show me that. Just like, I don't know. Like they could have found a way to leave it ambiguous. And then I would think I would have been happier. Yeah. Or leave it ambiguous up until like a better point to reveal that. Like, I don't know. I feel like it shows its hand too early and Mm -hmm. it's never really much of a mystery either. And partially it, we kind of know that Barry Keoghan just plays these like weird guys anyway. So I feel like to people that have seen all of his movies before that you would think like in the back of your mind, okay, something's up with this guy. And so that's like a problem in it in and of itself. But yeah, it does. It doesn't, I don't really think it like builds that mystery very well for them to give you this reveal and be like, Oh, this was it the whole time. And it's like, no, we knew. I I, like, I didn't know that was supposed to be like a reveal. And I'm like, Oh, like, duh. (laughs) Like, yeah. How would he not be the one implicated? (laughs) And why do the police not think it's him? He just happens to be there. <laughs> well, don't don't yeah, don't get into the too many questions because then it yeah, the police and like I don't know, like the way that well, I guess how does he say Felix size? He from the drugs? Yeah. But like he drinks it out of he like he takes like a couple drinks of champagne or something, so it's not enough for like an overdose. I don't know. A toxicology report would would show something <laughs> immediately. I guess. Anyway, uh, yeah. There's I mean, even like just throwing that out. It's like okay, he died. Blah blah blah. Party, rich guy. But then like another. Then she dies. Okay, like mm-hmm. who was in the house at the time? Oh, this random kid, and then her family that hasn't killed her for years. Okay, throw that away. Okay. Well, and then... well, she was supposed to be suicide, right? Yeah, like, yeah, but come on, like I know, I know. It was so immediately after the brother died, but okay, maybe that. But then, like the mother, like how are you going to explain that at the end? Well, also, this is like okay, this is the weird thing is it's so many. It's like fifteen years later, or it jumps to what twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two or something like that. It's like fifteen or so years later, and like I get they do the little flash of exposition newspaper. Okay. The father died. So there's only one heir to Saltburn left and maybe he changes his trajectory to go back. But like what was his, when he was younger, 15 years ago, was his plan to inherit Saltburn or not? Like what was his plan the whole fucking time? I don't, when he was younger and he, and he killed the sister, he killed Felix and then he killed the sister what was the end game at that point? Yeah, was it just to get the money from the dad? And then he's like, oh, he died now. So Right, but he didn't know that the dad would offer him any money. Yeah. Like, he just wanted to stay in Solburn? I don't know. But And then, like, he, <laughs> if that was his plan the whole time, wouldn't you find a way to execute that plan and not have to wait 15 years? Like, what was he doing in the meantime? It's just so bizarre. It is. It would only work in this where it's like, Oh yeah, fifteen years went by. It's like, but in real life, <laughs> there's no way. Like he's like, well, I fucked that up. I guess. At least I had and this money know, that I got from the dad. These questions are worse. Like they seem worse because it is. It's definitely stylistic, but it's not like a full on just like genre mystery thriller or whatever. It's not. I don't know. It's like. It's not quite knives out right i feel like that no it's not at all it's not like a whodunit like there's no way it's not whodunit for me at all it's like it was never a question who did it it was obviously him from the beginning (laughs) right like he's the only one you would have guessed but it's not even like building a mystery really the mystery is just the way he's acting but like after Felix is mur- or dies or whatever, like, you know, it's him. So it was never a mystery, right? It's like, oh, it's him. The mystery was just before that. It's like, what? This, this weird mystery vibe. But like, there wasn't really anything going on, actually. It was more like, oh, who's Eddie? Or, oh, who's like, what are these rich people actually thinking of him or planning to do with him almost? Who is Eddie? I don't know. Who is that? It was the person the year before. That's why I thought it was turning into like an eyes wide shut type thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, I actually like, do have a problem with that because like they like from Felix's start to death, like he never really does 
there's never really like a turn in his character or whatever. Yeah, like, he, he turns out to just be a good guy comedy. the whole time. <laughs> right. But they keep bringing these things up like he, oh, like he's just going to dispose of you. And like, oh, like last year, this was the guy like, oh, I like you better than last year's guy or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, we like never it's a usual thing. And that was interesting to me. Him, like discard, like he, well, he does, but it was actually Ollie's fault the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it was literally yeah, a totally reasonable thing. Exactly. He's like, I'm a rich guy and you're just another person trying to abuse me. Yes. So like, like he make yeah, his, cho- his choices are logical. It's just, yeah, I don't know what the point of bringing those past ones up because it never really comes into play. The only thing you could say is that it motivates his decisions, like Oliver's decisions. Like, oh, if he feels like he's going to be discarded, then he needs to make the moves yeah, in order to not be discarded. That doesn't speak to what it's supposedly trying to say. It just makes Oliver look bad. No, I agree. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the only thing, that's the yeah. only explanation you could give. Yeah. Like, realistically. So, yeah. Um, okay, we, we're talking a lot of negative things. And I, again, <laughs> I'm going to come out of this review positive. And I know you are too, because you said yeah. you liked it. Yeah. Um, I, t- I love the i love the uh, the period eat out finger whatever scene and he says well luckily i'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> pretty great line pretty great line and some of these okay i'm i'm a simp for you know shocking whatever in movies even though i think this movie was overall pretty tame yeah i'll become love the uh slurping of the oh yeah uh, that was pictures. great and it's not because of what you might think it's not because he's uh, not because he's slurping the cum. Holy shit, I'm gonna come. <laughs> it's actually because it's more disgusting because he's slurping used bath water, I think. Yeah, that's gross. People that's like his buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love that scene and I love the party scene. His party. Oh my god, that was fucking every part of that. I just like, loved it. Beginning <laughs> to vibes. end was oh, yeah. amazing the labyrinth what, what? oh my god what? looks so good the red and blues you got me there like had everything i like about music like, yeah yeah the music yeah it was like trance like dream like yeah mystic yeah. fantasy like with his antlers just like that just looked awesome in multiple scenes. yeah the fog yeah. and everything yeah and the looked- obvious obvious but uh costume choices where you know felix is the angel Oliver is the well, he's not like a devil, but like you know, a yeah. horned, a horned, hooved animal is usually more related to satanic things than uh, than. I mean, things. I even loved like the Minotaur in the middle of the labyrinth, which is like mm-hmm. also Greek mythology, right? Yep. Uh, so yeah, loved all that stuff. Um, you know, it's just uh, they're, it's. I mean, Great like I said, like the real flashes. only problem is just like the story, like basically kill post Felix kill. It was just like, yeah, dumb. Like before that, I can't really complain. Like, yeah, there wasn't much there, but it was more like building this mystery that was like kept me interested. It was just after that, when they had to like stick the landing on all of this mystery and everything they built up, it just completely did not work <laughs> or yeah, I would, it's I like they didn't know seen, i would have rather seen a movie where he is just like he's so enamored by felix that like he which i mean you could argue that this is most of the movie but it throws in the wrench of like acquiring the estate and killing everybody like he's just so enamored by him that like he will do anything lie steal twist you know his words into gaining favor with felix and he does yeah. that for a lot of the movie. That is and that's what I liked. Like, like even the scene yeah. in the labyrinth when he was like, he's like, I did it for you. I was like, I like that. He's like, I just wanted to do it. Like, I like that whole scene. And then even Felix's like response of like, I, I don't know what it is, but you're, bl- you just turned my blood cold. Like I thought it was like this building, like romance. I don't know. Like I liked that a lot. And then it was yeah. just after that, then it was just dumb. I don't know. <laughs> like nothing after that. It still looked good after that, but like nothing after that like was satisfying to me. Well, there is a scene right after that I hated the death after his death when it does that angle on the ground, the camera, 
and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I feel like really hamming it, hamming it up there." Yeah. Wise, I was like, "Oh I, yeah, I don't like." But this I, w- I liked the scene with closing the curtains where it was red. Yeah, the eating, eating the pie pie scene it was just kind of awkward with him just no, like, it was very it's like was this very is awkward. pretty good pie <laughs> a lot of people like that scene so it's not you're not alone but for some reason like there was something about it that was just like over like too try hard like the girl pouring the wine and like just like, yeah that was too still much. pouring it there's just like some things there's little touches in it that are. Like, i just liked how he was specifically it just felt more like that killing of sacred deer character yeah no that's true when they do like a wide shot of everybody at the table he's the only one eating it's pretty funny yeah yeah think about it it's like yeah this this is pretty good yeah yeah the cake was great (laughs) i don't even usually like chocolate yeah i do like i like barry keoghan quite a bit and um hopefully Hopefully he gets some better, some better, I guess, writing and like, I want him to star in more films. Like he's been kind of, you know, tertiary, secondary supporting a lot. And uh, this is probably one of his first like major starring roles. So I think it's more of these, but with better, better uh, writing and directing. Yeah. He did Um, a lot with not that much. Yeah, right. I mean, his okay. expressions and everything, yeah. I don't think I have too much else. I mean, I probably, like, thinking about it and, like, just going over it again, it's something that you, you could pick apart a lot, but I think we hit the most of the notes. <coughs> um, Unless you have anything else. No. Okay. Well, what are you going to give Saltburn out of five stars? You know, I was thinking a little lower, but I'm just going to go with 3.5. I knew that's where it was from the beginning. <laughs> that was my guess. Was. Um, well, I'm a very light 3. And again, this is probably the highest I will ever be on this movie. If I ever rewatch it, I'm predicting a decrease. All right. Well, do you need a break or anything? You ready to move on to our next review? I'm good. All right. Well, we are talking the holdovers next. Uh, the Holdovers was written by David Hemmingson. It is directed by Alexander Payne, stars Paul Giamatti, Divine Joy Randolph, and Dominic Sessa. Um, plot synopsis reads, follows a curmudgingly history teacher at a New England boarding school who was forced to chaperone the handful of students with nowhere to go over Christmas break. What did you think of The Holdovers? I thought it was a very traditional, fun, typical, like holiday type movie. Like, I don't think it's pushing any new boundaries anywhere, but it was just very well done in a way that felt like something people would go back to each year almost. I don't know. Like, just felt like it was aiming for that. It succeeded in that. It's heartwarming, hits all the notes that you expect from this kind of movie. And yeah, I don't know. like much if it didn't like elevate or do anything extra it's just was exactly what you want for this type of year movie i guess yeah i (laughs) i'm with you this one is gonna be a little bit lighter of a discussion i would say um i do think this was just like such like a nothing movie um definitely doesn't push anything any boundaries uh (laughs) I do feel like it's like not like an instant holiday classic, but something that I wouldn't mind returning to mm-hmm. over the holidays because to be honest, I kind of hate like most Christmas movies. They're just like, I agree. Usually so corny. And I'm not into really like bad. any of the traditional ones normally. Yeah. So it's hard to find a good holiday movie. And I think this will slide in nicely uh, to, you know, maybe not every year viewing, but every other or so. Um, yeah, I just found the writing to be really weak in this. Like, Alexander Payne, usually his movies have, like, you know, that sharp comedy interjected. I don't know if you've seen any other Alexander Payne movies, have you? Um, I know. Like, I've Election, looked. Sideways, I don't Nebraska. think so. No, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> I think I may have seen <laughs> Paris Je Tim. 
But I, that wasn't only him, though, right? I do not know because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it says it's and Letterbox says it's like a bunch of different directors. So okay. Um. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's like do... ten directors. I think they each did like a story. It was like one of those movies where like every person did like a story. Oh, Twenty okay. directors did uh, eighteen stories. Yeah. Right. A um. What's that called? Anthology film. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he usually has like some, you know, sharp comedy in there. The dialogue is usually better. This, like, I don't know. I looked this up after the fact. Okay. This was not, this did not uh, inform my views on the film. But the writer done a lot of TV. And this, I, this might be his only movie or his first major movie. But not a lot of credits on there. Or, I mean, all TV credits. I definitely think it doesn't feel TV-esque like it's cinematic and it feels, you know, like a movie, but I'm just saying like the writing is of the level of like TV writing. Like for example, here's here's a perfect example. He pulls out the firework and he's like, "Oh yeah, we should light this off or whatever." Paul Giamatti's like, "Where did you get that?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> and that's like the end of it. There's no like that's just that's it. And just things like that. It's uh there's there's points where I'm like wanting more and I don't know if like every character is fully fleshed out to where, you know, to the level that I, I was looking for. Um, I do enjoy the relationship and the, the chemistry between Paul Giamatti and, and the, the boy and mm-hmm. kind of how their relationship grows and changes. Um, <clears throat> I wish divine joy Randolph was in it more though, or like there was more with her character I feel like some of the stuff that is interjected with her is is exactly that. It's like interjected. It's kind of shoved into this story when I wish she was more of a fleshed out character. Um but yeah, I I I do I did like it overall. There's there's like some great music choices too where you know that feeling like when a song just like hits and then in a movie, like when the visuals and the song like line up like yeah perfectly, or like the vibe or the feeling of it lines up so well, there's a couple points in this that might have to go on the score on the soundtrack bangers playlist because it was hitting. I don't even know who it was. I'd have to. I gotta go back and do some research on the music, but I really enjoyed that stuff where I could totally feel somebody like loving this movie because of the feeling and the vibe that it gives. Yeah. That's the thing. It just hits that vibe like perfectly for this kind of like, I don't know. It just, it nails what it's going for, even though it's like simple and traditional Mm -hmm. and not, you know, my cup of tea per se yeah, for film, but like it nails what it's going for. It's like, you know, those beers we talked about, like this beer, Slay's yeah. Stout. Maybe it's not special. Maybe it, you know, doesn't add anything new to the genre of stouts. But you know, it nails what it's going for. Yeah, yeah. Like there's again, this is it's kind of well, it's not like Saltburn. That's nothing like Saltburn. But there's <laughs> there are scenes and moments in this movie that are great and that I love. Um, you know, like them again their relationship and their back and forth and how they you know cover for each other because yeah you know he uh he covers for him like in the hospital and even like at the uh when he runs into that guy when they're in boston he runs into like his old yeah. classmate Harvard. Whatever. yeah classmate. and he's like oh yeah he's working on you know as my uncle he's working on this you know amps him up to be more than he is and he's kind of embarrassed that he's still a, a high school, high school boarding teacher. school teacher. Yeah. Like there's, there's just nice moments like that throughout. And again, scenes and things that work better, like the Christmas party scene start to finish. That was pretty great, but yeah, it's just the way that it all ties together and stuff. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of going for those, you know, those movies where, they these characters like go through these things together or whatever and then after like after break everybody comes back and 
they know that they went through these things together, but, but no one else. else. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't yeah, changed it kinda, for anything. One right, else, it kind of yeah. gives you that. I feel like it's going for that type of feel, but doesn't really nail that type of feel. <laughs> like there's some movies that do that really well, where it's like, holy shit, we did all of these things together, or we went through this crazy summer together, or Christmas break, whatever to, together. But and then people come back to normal, and it's like nobody knows that we did this. But yeah. Yeah, I almost kind of respect it for that, though, because I'm like, you know, in real life, it's like you do feel that. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, but, you know, it's still like normal life <laughs> mm-hmm. afterwards. There's still that annoying teacher. But I guess it was like bigger for him, you know, retiring and doing that sacrifice as his character development. And like it kind of shows, you know, like the kid felt something from it but you know a kid's still a kid they don't necessarily they're still young and don't feel the will later feel like what the sacrifice was and how the life changing moment that teacher sacrificed for him yeah yeah no i i like the ending and i do think it's you know heartwarming and stuff and yeah just the his paul giamatti's arc in it is is nice to see the you know, changing from the, well, I, uh, maybe he's a curmudgeon still afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the Scrooge. Um, yeah. He, he definitely develops a little, so it's, it's good. It's fine. It's not. Yeah. It's just amazing. not exciting. It doesn't, it's not mind blowing. It's extremely predictable in the arc. Like, you right. know that they're going to hate each other. You know that they're going to go through trying times together. You know that they're going to end up being like friends. And, but like, you know, it does it in a way that's pretty satisfying. Like, as far as the humor and stuff, it's very much not my bag. (laughs) Like, most of it I didn't think was very funny. It was just like, yeah, okay. It was just like traditional, like a Christmas story, I guess, style of like humor where it's like, okay, yeah, like, you should try it. Right. Not that funny. Like, that's not funny. It's like, that's not a funny thing, but you know, it's fine. No. Yeah. There's, there's a good amount of like, kind of like cringe humor and yeah. Again, I feel like that fits with the genre. Also, I feel like, like this traditional holiday movie does have that kind of cringe, even the best of this genre like is that style of humor for me yeah i feel like this is like not super traditional though like it's a it's a bit more elevated maybe a bit more quirky into that yeah approach but this could have came out like 20 years ago and i or 30 years ago and i would have been like yeah that makes sense it could have came out 53 years ago yeah (laughs) yeah like literally if you told me this a movie from yeah like the 80s 70s i would have been like yeah it looks like it feels like it i do look so that's another thing we haven't touched on very timeless look um they obviously do some effect to make it look like it was actually you know made in in 1970 or even the trailer had that feel Mm -hmm. yep yeah, they do the old school uh, trailer voice on that. Yeah, and they and the old the stop at the end. <laughs> yep, yep. The old school uh, production uh, studios studio logos at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I mean everything felt, you know, like it was it fit. Um, but yeah, uh, it feels I timeless. Like, that, like, I like that about that. You could watch like, this any it. year. It came out this year, but it could have been fifty years old, and like. I think people, this could be one people watch in 50 more years and be like, oh, what year did this come out? 70s? Like, yeah, it just completely matched it. Very true. Very true. Um, I have to mention this because of, uh, you know, I love religious undertones. (laughs) Her, Mary's son. What's her last name? Christ, I don't know. <laughs> oh, lamb. Her oh. son was a sacrificial lamb for what? I don't know. But I did not <laughs> catch that even a little bit. <laughs> Just a thought. Um, pretty huge. Pretty huge. Uh, yeah, I don't. I honestly don't have much else to say on the holdovers. Um, 
I would, uh, yeah, I would revisit it. It would have to be around the holidays, though. But um, I would be interested to check it out and uh, reappraise. Yeah, it feels like super maybe watchable. It just feels super watchable. Or maybe it'll hit, you know, more at a different time in my life. Because there's a lot of people that I know love this movie. I mean, this is getting some pretty high. Yeah, it's movies. super high up there. I was just like. Is that because it just feels like an old movie that hits? I mean, like it's not bad in any way, like really. Or is it's it just, because it's very safe? Like I feel like yeah. it's too safe. It feels it insanely safe at all. It's just like, how can we keep like do a perfectly traditional movie with, you know, perfectly fine acting, perfectly fine writing, and like, but not in any way try to reach outside of that like yeah. make no way to try to elevate like do anything that's gonna like rock the boat or anything just no one can find any fault with this yeah exactly i mean you know that like yeah i mean even his arc and f- from the beginning of the movie you know he's always the curmudgeon old professor he's gonna grow a heart at the end just like the grinch and you know it's gonna be well, it's not really a happy ending. I mean, he loses his job, but whatever. Yeah, but he was, I mean, he was retiring age anyway. Like, yeah. And I assume he spent like no money because he lived on campus <laughs> and never went out. So I assume he probably had quite a bit of money saved. Too. Doesn't even watch TV. You know? Yeah, like he probably had quite a bit of money saved. At a private school, too, he must have been paid pretty well. Well, they build it up to be, you know, one of the best. So I would assume so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's all I got. Anything else on holdovers? No. What are you going to give it out of five stars? I'm going to also give this one a three five. I am very torn on this one. I'm going to give it. Yeah, I wanted to give it higher, but I'm like. Oh, you want to give it higher? Yeah, but just because I think it hits everything it's going for, but like to me, that doesn't mean it's great. So, right, right. Well, I'm gonna follow my heart. I'm gonna go a heavy three. (laughs) (laughs) See, I okay. See, I made this mistake once. I gave Killer Joe a four on the William Friedkin Premium. Spoiler alert. Kind of regret that afterwards, but I got to stick with it until I rewatch it now. So I don't want to make the same mistake again with the holdovers. <laughs> Going to stick with the three. Okay, uh, let's move on to some nano reviews, if you have any. I just watched It's a Wonderful Life, but, you know, going to oh, have to hear that on the premium. Is that a, is that a teaser? Hey, you know it what? It is a teaser. Great, great time to plug the next premium. It is we're we're well into December. We're weekend. Um, our next premium, we are doing a Christmas special. And so what we have done for this premium is uh Jacob, Travis, and I have each chosen a Christmas film, and we are going to review those. Uh so it's only gonna be three movies. Um, we'll put it out, we'll try to put it out before Christmas. Uh, but the films are It's a Wonderful Life. Tokyo Godfathers and Jack Frost. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jack Frost. Which Jack Frost do I watch? The 1998 classic with Michael Keaton? No, of course not, you fucking idiot. The 1997 <laughs> classic with Scott McDonald. Obviously. So, those are the three movies. If you want to uh, follow along, get those in beforehand. And... Uh- little bit like it should be even juicier because this was a first time watch yes a first time watch of the classic it's a wonderful life that everybody watches uh every year well that it's it's gonna be a first time watch for me when i get around to really watch it. <laughs> literally i've had it i've had it on 4k for over a year never popped on it because it's one of those seasonal movies where it's like if you miss your window are you gonna watch it's a wonderful life in june no you're fucking going to watch it in December. Like, Are you watching it black and white or color? I'm going to watch whatever the original. <laughs> I don't know. Black I'm and white, watch- I think, was the original. But well, what's my on- girlfriend wanted to watch the color version. Oh, okay. So. Well, I don't, I don't even know. On if Prime, I have they have both versions. So, 
uh well i don't know i have i own it on physical and i don't know i'm gonna watch whatever the fourth <laughs> is if 4k has both options i will get back to you on what i watch but that's I probably that's would show already an white, interesting but... anecdote yeah. to <laughs> premium is what version did we watch color premium? yeah color, color color premium color or black and white color or premium color or premium color is premium <laughs> uh, you gotta pay extra for that okay uh well i have one thing i can talk about i've tried to start my 2023 working through the 2023 watch list um, to compile my list, and I watched Rye Lane today because it's very short, and I could fit it in before recording. Um, have you heard of this, Jacob? Have you seen no, this? No, not at all. You never heard of it? Nope. Okay. Well, it came out, I think it came out a while. I think it came out early this year, and then it was dumped on Hulu at some point. Yeah, I see it's on Hulu. Um. But it is directed by Rain Allen Miller. I think it's her first director. Is this full? Yeah. So her first feature film. Um, And it's basically just about two people that have kind of come out of uh, relationships recently. And they just, you know, come together for whatever. uh, It's like an art show, but, you know, they just happen to be at the same place. And then they meet and it's basically the course of one day. And I think Ryan Lane is the name of a street. I could be wrong, but they're kind of just going through this day together and chaos and comedy ensues. Um, very stylistic, uh, surprisingly stylistic. Like they do a lot of interesting things in this movie. Like when they, when they tell stories, they, they will do like, basically a reenactment um, of what they're like saying or, or, you know, telling. So there's a lot of times where, you know, she's like the girl, for example, is like, Oh, I really wanted to be Prince, but specifically purple rain Prince. And they'll do like a, like a quick cut of like a, a nine year old dressed up as like purple <laughs> rain Prince, like playing the guitar. And it's just like such a quick 15 second throwaway shot, but they take the time to do it like and insert it to you know help build this this style out for the movie. And so they'll like tell stories she she's like explaining her she's like explaining how she dumped her ex-boyfriend and like he is kind of like placed as like a witness in the story. So like they're reenacting the breakup but like he's also there like witnessing it if that makes sense. Mhm. And so it like keeps it does a lot of stuff like that very colorful, very stylistic. Um, I did like it quite a bit. Um, I didn't love it. It's, uh, it does have that. It's, I think it's British. I want to say like very British style humor, which is a plus definitely a positive. Yeah. I like that. Um, it just kind of gets like sloppy towards the end. Like the first half is great and it's only like 80 minutes. But the second half, it definitely loses momentum and steam. And yeah, they it's the way that they are, the way that they're keeping this day together going kind of is like, uh, is that okay? Is this as believable? Not that it needs to be like totally convincing, but yeah, it's a, it's a cute movie. Um, super colorful, like I said, stylistic, maybe a little bit too much uh, fisheye lens for me, but <laughs> it's definitely there. Um, I would probably give this one a three and a half. So it finally broke my, uh, my three streak. I was, yeah. on, I was on a streak of three I see that. for a long time <laughs> since things last two were basically three. Yeah, they were three. So, yeah. So finally broke that. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have. Um, anything else for you that you need to mention? I do not have anything. All right. Great. Um, well, next week we are talking, I believe you said The Boy and the Heron, right? Yep, I'm watching that Monday. Okay, I might see it tomorrow. Um, or I might see something else tomorrow and uh, sneak. I would be, Boy but and Heron I'm and... working all weekends, so I can't. Well, yeah, I know I'm going to have a free night tomorrow by myself, so I'm trying to decide what I want to see. Do I want to see Boy and the Heron, Dream Scenario, or Godzilla? 
I've never seen uh, one of his films in theater, so this will be the mm. first. Okay, cool. Well, that'll be the featured review, and then anything else will just be uh, additional. We'll cover in nano Um Well, if you do want to add... Uh, well, I mean, we could do it as a feature, but it, if you want to try to fit in May, December, that's on Netflix now, and it's Todd Haynes. So... I'm interested. Depending on when we record, uh, we can talk about adding that as a feature or just, you know, if one of us watches it, we can talk about it. It's not a big deal, but more in the hair next week for sure. Okay. Uh, if you want to send us a question or comment, you can email us at sudsandcinemapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at sudsandcinemapodcast. I'm on Letterboxd and Untapped at the KG Project. I'm on both those as JSL517. That's JSAL517. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys.